Well, glad to have you on another episode of New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the complexities of leaving an inheritance. The common approach is to divide it equally, right, among children or grandchildren. But is this always the best choice? Join us for this episode as we explore those scenarios where an equal share might not be the ideal solution. This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Welcome in, Ted. How are things today? Oh, things are things are great, Ben. Hope all is well with you. Things are uh, doing pretty well. Can't complain. Just got back from a trip uh, out to Denver, flew with the two kids, a three-year-old and a two-month-old, and I survived. So uh, all things considered, I'm, I'm pretty happy today, even though I'm exhausted. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, yeah, Denver's a lovely city, so I hope you enjoyed it. It is a lot of fun. Beautiful this time of year as well, and got to get out to the mountains a little bit. So we had a good time. Well, today is a, is a good show. Uh, we're talking about the inheritance, rethinking that a little bit. Should everyone get an equal share? When you get into this with, with clients, Ted, and start talking about inheritances for those that want to leave that to to their family, do they typically come in with their own ideas or do you kind of talk them through the different options uh, when they sit down with you? So most of the times uh, people come in, they already have a, a preconceived idea of what it is that they, they want to do. And uh, you know those who don't come in with the general phrase, I want to do what's fair. You know, this topic is is one of those those areas that kind of covers that question, but yeah, for the most part, people you know do have a a, a sense of at least what they want to accomplish um, with with their distributions. All right, let's talk through some of these scenarios again. If you want to sit with, down with Ted, meet with his with him and his team, and and actually get your estate plan in order or look over some things, if you've already kind of gotten it started but but need a, a professional eye on that. You can always find him at alatsislawfirm.com. Again, alatsislawfirm.com or over the phone at 718-233-2903. What about the prodigal son scenario? This is the first one. So there's always maybe that child that has received some money from their parents, right? Um, And this happens all the time, right? But maybe it was a big amount of money that was a gift uh, that wasn't paid back. Should that be accounted for in their inheritance? I'm sure this has to be a part of the discussion, right? Oh uh, yeah, it happens happens often, and you know we do have you know conversations about that with people, and typically when it's a larger sum that that it's a real issue, but there's always that scenario. Not always that there's a, a a good amount of times where the scenario exists where you know one child or maybe two children have received technically advances, I guess, against their potential inheritance, and so you know the parents want to try to account for that in the plan so that the ones who didn't get you know that advance um, aren't necessarily prejudiced. You know, from that. So, so yeah, we do we do get that scenario, you know, kind kind of often. When you're trying to just determine the fairness and actually trying to uh, to weigh this in to the consideration, there does it matter if it's a smaller amount? Like, let's say somebody got a few thousand dollars to help out with like a home improvement or something, versus like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar down payment for a home or something. I, I mean, I think it really depends on the individuals, right? Okay. Because at the end of the day, if you know five thousand dollars is you know five percent of the estate. Um, you know, then maybe, maybe that's significant, right? If, if $5,000 is, you know, 0.001% you know, of the estate, then maybe, maybe not so much, right? So it really depends on, on, you know, the broad scope of the entire estate. But for the most part, you know, you definitely have these conversations when, when the numbers are larger and, and, um, you know, the percentage of the estate is, is greatly impacted. Well, anybody that has kids know that they're all, 
not created equal, right? They're all going to do different things, have some are be more successful than others, are going to find a job maybe that pays more, doesn't pay more. But let's just start with, let's say everyone is, is self-sufficient and healthy, first off. If they do have a wide variance of income or their net worths are very much different, um, do you is that worth considering? Does that often get factored in to uh, the inheritance discussion? People who come in to do their their estate planning uh, do consider that. It's a very common consideration where I'll be sitting opposite a, a client and they'll be talking about their estate plan and they'll they'll say, "Well, I'm going to give you know this." This child, you know, sixty percent, and I'm going to give the the other child forty percent because the child is receiving forty percent. They're established. They have a house. They have, uh, you know, they have their own finances. They're they're in good shape. But you know, the the other child needs it more. So it is a consideration that people do take into account, and something and something I think worth uh, talking about for sure um, when you're when you're you know contemplating your estate plan. Well, here's a couple other differences in need scenarios. Um, what about, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this might come up more and more now because we are kind of in this time where uh, the so-called sa- sandwich generation, where you have a lot of retirees that are taking care of parents and, uh, and, and children as well. So you have this scenario pop up often where you might be financially supporting one of your children now, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty common. I, I would guess that that has to come into play, right? That extra support, not only factoring into what they get, but maybe should that continue after you pass away? That's definitely one of those considerations. And it goes, it go, it kind of, you know, weighs in with the, the you know, previous two segments where we talked about the prodigal son or, or the different, you know, financial circumstances when one child becomes dependent uh, or a parent, you know, becomes dependent on you know, those finances, then, you know, providing a means for that to continue, you know, when, when you're gone, that's one of those things that you know you need to consider when you're doing your estate plan. We've had scenarios like recently just did a trust for someone who, you know, wanted to make sure that her mother would remain in the home after she was gone um and wanted to make sure that her children who were going to be the beneficiaries, you know, were aware of that and made sure that that was going to take place and that, you know, her her mother would be taken care of. And so that's, you know, a, a, a scenario where, you know, there was there was a deliberate intention to make sure that the grandparent essentially was was being provided for from the funds from the estate. So it does happen. It is something that, you know, it needs consideration and planning and, you know, finding the right vehicle to make sure that that takes place is, is an important part of the process. I right, were thinking the inheritance. Um, I know one scenario that you'll come across is you have a beneficiary as the caretaker, someone that's been taking care of uh, the, the parents or you know, whatever that situation is, they they moved in with them. Maybe their parents have moved in with them. This happens uh, quite a bit. So, what factors are you considering here with the caretaker, and and how do you maybe rethink that inheritance to make sure that maybe this person gets a little bit more? Yeah. So, you know, what's the extent of the care? Right? How much? How much time and effort is actually being expended? What kind of uh, financial uh, burden is it upon that person who's uh, providing the care? Have they, you know, forgiven or forgone? You know, business opportunities or job opportunities that would have uh, resulted in more, you know, a, 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 a better financial picture uh, if they had had those opportunities. Those are the types of things that that kind of weigh in. Um, have they taken on additional debt? Have they taken on, you know, medical concerns? Uh, you know, that those sorts of things. And so all of that kind of you know plays a role in determining you know how to properly provide for that uh, caretaker in a proper estate plan. All right. Then the last kind of scenario potentially here, this is the medical issues, right? So you have beneficiaries that might be dealing with disability. 
you know, whether or not temporary or permanent, there could even be substance abuse problems, right? Um, that you might want to help out with or leave money for. So this would be kind of that last category, right? Trying to figure out how to account for these disabilities or medical problems. You know, same analysis, right? At the end of the day is it's, it's, you know, what level of involvement is the person who's leaving the estate behind, what level of their involvement is in, is needed in, you know, providing for those, those individuals and, you know, how much are they being impacted by a disability? Um, So all of that is something that gets taken into consideration when you're doing a proper estate plan. You you want you don't want to lose government benefits if uh, if uh, you know someone's going to receive you know an estate. So you want to properly plan for that. Um, you know and and how can you do that? And there are ways to go about doing that. So you know, knowing all that, going to an experienced estate planning attorney would certainly help in terms of figuring that out. So as we kind of finish this up, let's talk about some of the considerations as you're going through this. Then so. With the discussion, you know, how, how often is it equal versus fair versus like the need versus deserved uh, category? And, and when you're talking about that, does it ever come up like, well, I, if you have a child that's done really well, been self-sufficient, successful, does, is it fair that they maybe don't get as much because they've had success? Like, does that discussion come up at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, equal versus fair. And, and, and it's really it's it's a very subjective term you know what it's just because something is equal doesn't necessarily make it fair uh you would think that by definition it would be right but it isn't necessarily the case and and then that and that is the struggle it's the the balancing act that um people have to have to um perform when they're doing their estate plan if you think about every every family right there's always the the perception that one child is perhaps favored over another you know that's that's well, I think you know every you know every parent loves their children equally, right? There there are circumstances where they may favor the one that needs you know more help, and so there's no reason to think that that wouldn't necessarily take place, you know, after after the fact, after after they're they're gone. So you know, considering what's equal, you know, equal versus fair, and what's fair um, is a very very personal conversation, um, and sometimes you know a conversation that has to be had amongst the family and so that there's, you know, clear understanding of what the, what the reason behind an estate plan is. The family dynamics, you know, obviously are different from, from family to family and client to client. So that's going to change depending on who you talk to, but how often does it come up where you actually have to think about the feelings of someone or the emotions of someone like, Hey, I know so-and-so is going to be upset if they don't get an equal share or if they get an unequal share because of a previous gift I'd given to child one versus child two, you know, do those dynamics come into play a lot or is that just, uh, so every now and then comes in, comes into play, you know, more often than you would think, especially in the scenarios where there is either an, an uneven distribution or an unequal distribution, or in the circumstances where there is an equal distribution and someone has actually, you know, been advanced, um, you know, certain things and, you know, perhaps, you know, in the perception of the less benefited child, you know, has been, has been the favored, has been the favored child. So it does, it does come into play quite often. You know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to overcome. Sometimes the last thing anyone wants with their estate planning is for their estate plan to cause disharmony. They want to do an estate plan so that they can avoid the arguments, but sometimes you know, the arguments are going to be there, whatever you do. The last thing I'm, I'm curious about, 
how much does it matter or how much do you think about is it worth a potential fight? You know, that, that could happen if, if you do it one way versus another. Is that is that a heavy factor in this all or is this kind of like a last kind of question? Hey, are, you know, there could be a little fight here. Is it worth it? It goes into the conversation uh, amongst amongst all the other things we've already talked about. You know, what the ultimate cost of a fight would be is certainly something that, you know, gets taken into consideration because, you know, state state fights can be very expensive and they can be very time consuming. And so, you know, if that's going to deplete the assets, then, you know, having done something that would cause that to occur may not be worth it, right? Even even if it was well-intentioned. So that does certainly factor in to the conversation and the analysis and, you know, ultimately does have an influence in the way the plan is drafted. All right. Very good. Well, it's a lot to think about, and there are a lot of questions and factors that go into the inheritance discussion and how you want to divide that up. If you have questions, again, 718-233-2903 for the Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. And Ted, as you're going through this this inheritance conversation with someone, do you rely on them to provide you a lot of this information, or do you have a checklist where you say, okay, is this beneficiary caretaker? Do they have any medical issues? Or is it is are you doing a lot of the work or should someone that comes in to meet with you and to expect to have to answer a lot of these questions and have this stuff prepared? So it's a little bit of both, right? Because you know, when we're doing our initial conversation, we're having our, our meeting and we're going through the design uh, elements of of their estate plan. We're we're following up on a lot of these um, areas and these questions, but you know, a lot of this is also going to come from the individual participant. Who's doing their estate plan? So it's a it's a little bit of both. It, it, it you have to work very closely with your attorneys when you're doing something like this, you know, because of the fact that you know at the end of the day you know the fa- family dynamic better than your attorney does. So you know, providing that guidance can be very insightful in terms of trying to come up with the right plan for you. Very good. Well, again, latsislawfirm.com to learn more, also to schedule a meeting with Ted and the team there. But again, if you have questions, you can call as well, 718-233-2903. And if you have questions, send them in. We'll also try to feature them on a future mailbag episode of the podcast as well. We thank you for being a part of the show today. This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. For Ted Alatsis there at the Alatsis Law Firm in Brooklyn, I am Ben George. Have a good week. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.